Praise the Lord. I'm so excited about today's episode. We are launching a two-part series. Today, we're going to be talking about the journey. I'm excited. Um, Our special guest speaker is my beloved husband, and I just feel so honored to be able to have witnessed, you know, this journey, this path of searching for truth. Thank you so much for joining us today. No, thank you. Um, Thank you for allowing me to be a guest on your podcast. Um, Of course, I'm very excited for what God is doing in, in your ministry and with your podcast, and I'm just happy that I can be a part of it. Well, without further ado, let's get into it. So what led you into this relentless journey of searching for truth? Um, definitely, I can base my journey. Definitely, definitely felt like I was climbing a mountain. Um, in perspective, I couldn't say maybe a mountain like Mount Everest, but it definitely felt like I was climbing a very big mountain. Um, so to give a little bit of a background of kind of what I was raised into and everything, course our parents play such a huge influence and role in our lives especially as we're growing up and so growing up as a younger child um, of course my dad was a he was a pastor um, for a baptist church and and he would also do preachings and everything with um, with my mom and those were kind of the teachings and, and the doctrine that I had grew up in Um, And of course, at one point, I can't exactly pinpoint when he stopped, but I know my mom continued going to church here and there. It wasn't as very consistent, but still she did try to include me and my little brother. Right. Okay. And so as growing up into my teenage years, I remember we went to something very close to a Pentecostal church um, with my mom. Um, I know that I believe it was more of like a Trinitarian Pentecostal church. And so that's kind of where I was developing some some foundation on, on that doctrine and, and kind of believing in God and everything. But it was never anything like now where there's where, where there's repentance and, and, and the value and importance of baptism and everything like that. And so as I kept going to church and everything, you know, I invited my best friend, me and my best friend would go and my mom would go and and we were just felt like it was just trying to do the right thing. Right. More like instead of really doing it for God, we were just trying to do it for the right thing. Right. Yeah. And so um, and so as we continued on. Um, it eventually led to me getting uh, baptized there at that church. Um, I believe I was 14 when it did happen. I think I was either 12 or 14 when it happened. And it was a baptism, but in titles. You know, of course, uh, the baptism where you get baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and, and the Holy Ghost. And the way baptism seemed at that point, they made it. I wouldn't say they, but it it made it sound like it was a ticket to heaven because I remember somebody very close to me, you know, they asked us a question if we were for sure, for certain that, you know, what we wanted to get baptized and everything, but they made it seem like, look, you're going to get baptized, but don't look at this as a ticket to heaven. And so that definitely brought um, a little bit of confusion um, to it, but Growing up, I would say that I was a Christian, but my lifestyle never reflected God. You know, the way I was living did not (laughs) reflect anything of the teachings of the Bible. I was pretty much pursuing my own will instead of God's will. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the word in itself, Christian, you know, it's a person who pursues after Christ who follows Jesus and I feel like that word is just you know so overused now and it's just so common to say you know I'm a Christian she's a Christian but if you look back like you know in the Bible days Christians were hated Christians were identified with Christ you know they were they were separated yeah from the world and so definitely as I got a lot more older, um, I ended up getting married. 
I got, I got married at a, at a younger age. I got married at 18 um, with somebody and and they ended up wanting to pursue their own dreams and, and their own career and everything. And then eventually something happened that ended up causing a very big division between me and this person. And we ended up getting um, we ended up getting divorced, but it was a more biblical way. It wasn't because at that time, like I said, I was over here thinking I was following God, but in reality, I was following just my own will. Right. And, and I was still thinking that I could be in my sin, but still love God. And, you know, a lot of times when when you think that it's okay when you're growing up and, 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 and you accept the fact that, you know what, I'm a sinner. I'm going to sin. Yeah. I'm going to make those mistakes. And yes, that's true. We're, we're going to make mistakes, but that doesn't mean to stay continuously in the same sin. Yeah. And even pursuing any secret sins that we may not know of um, that we're doing. And so, you know, that's why I say that my lifestyle didn't reflect God because of the fact that I was still sinning while still claiming that I loved God. It just did the math, the math did not add up. Right. And so after that um, divorce and everything, of course, we went our separate ways and it was respectful. It, we, you know, we came to our own agreement, and everything, and we went our separate ways. And, and that was that. And so after after all that had passed, when we went our separate ways and everything, I was just at a very low point in my life. I was very broken, and because I thought that I, in my thinking, I thought that I was following God this whole time, but in reality, I, I wasn't, so in, in my thinking at that time, I was like, well, God, I've already tried you. Maybe I just need to try the world, Wow. and so I started hanging out with the bad crowd around people that had very bad influences on me. And so I was trying different things. Of course, I never went down a route of trying drugs or anything like that. But there were times where, you know, some alcohol was involved. And I've done things that, of course, everyone has done things that they're not proud of. And, of and I've kind of done some of those things because I was trying the world. I was trying to see, well, I have a broken heart. People typically say, do this when you have a broken heart or, or, you know, you just need to get away with friends and do this or do that. And, and you'll, it'll fix everything right away. But in reality, it makes it so much worse Yeah. because in reality, you're not fixing anything. It's just like a temporary bandaid, but a bandaid that just infects your wound even more. And That's so, so true. and so I just got to a very low point and then I finally, decided you know what I need to clean myself up so I cleaned myself up a little bit um, I tried building a career in, in nursing so I ended up going back to college and then I was going using FAFSA but I my FAFSA money was running low and so I ended up needing to to work and so I was and so I, I needed to find a job and start working to pay for my college, you know, my books and everything, because that just doesn't come free. And right. so I ended up getting a job um, at a different job to pay for my textbooks and, and everything that I needed to continue going to, cla to classes and stuff. That's where I ended up, you know, meeting you. And this wasn't anything like just because I wasn't looking for anybody and you weren't looking for anybody. We just so happened to meet each other. And, exactly. And it started off small. You know, it started off just small conversations saying, hi, how are you? You know, general conversation that you would have with somebody. And then it eventually ended up growing more. And so um, I ended up hanging out with you a lot more. I know we went on as, as we got to know each other more. We went on just small little dates here and there. But one of the biggest things when I was with you at that time was always seeing how you were. You know, you carried yourself at such a way that it was carrying yourself like a Christian, you know, following that definition, you know, because you, when you said kind of like to your point, a Christian was identified as a follower of Jesus Christ, and you could tell it was like that. Because I was still in my sins, I still was in my pet sins, and 
and you weren't. You were actually following Christ legitimately. And so, you know, every time we did go on just small dates and things like that, I was like, man, why does it seem like the way she's living is actually the correct way to live for God versus how I'm living? So I was already examining myself a little bit yeah. and and was just so curious. And so eventually, um, you know, you and you ended up inviting me to church. It was a, a it was a youth rally in Gilmer. Yes, I remember that. And you invited me. And this is where, you know, I could tell that the enemy did not want me coming to truth at all. Or you would hear the general things. Yeah. Because it was a Pentecostal church and everything, um, you know, I was still living with my parents. So, of course, I was going to respect my dad, you know, his home, his rules, everything like that. And I was, I was respectful of that, respectful of my dad. And, I, you know, I asked him, I was like, you know, hey, Bach, is it okay that I go with her to this Pentecostal church. It's a youth rally, you know, it's, it's going to be good. And automatically just the response that I got was, you know, Oh, you got to be careful. You know, like he was just waving just a giant caution sign and he was trying to warn me of the belief and, and, and of the doctrine and everything. And he was just telling me to be very careful. Thank God he still let me go, but he was just telling me to be very careful but I don't know what there was to be so careful about. So I ended up pulling up there. I go in this youth rally and the atmosphere was just different. It was an atmosphere that I've never felt before. We, we've, we've been in church, you know, I, I, I was growing up in church until we stopped going, of course, and I was in and out, wasn't a consistent thing. So that atmosphere compared to, the atmosphere at that youth rally was so changing because you could actually feel the presence of the Lord there. Yeah. Wow. And so, um, and so, you know, you sat at a different row. I sat a different, at a different row. Of course, you were with a sister, of course, a sister in Christ, um, from, from church and, we were just having a good time, you know, but a lot of questions arose for me because these people were worshiping like I've never seen worship before. These people were praying. These people were making it seem like they were really getting a touch from God. And then the preaching came and, and he was just preaching the word so strongly and and eventually after that, the altar call came, everyone started going up to the altar, praising, worshiping, you know, getting renewed, being filled again. Amen. And I just felt led to go up to the altar. You know, I, I said, you know what, God, I feel a form of conviction because I was still living in my sin. And I went up there and I just asked God to forgive me. Um, but it wasn't the right type of way. A lot of times people are under the impression or are formerly known of the sinner's prayer. And mm -hmm. nowhere is it in the Bible that says the sinner's prayer. And so, and that's what I was doing. You know, I was raising up my hands. I was trying to attempt to say the sinner's prayer, trying to redo that again. But, wow. you know, it didn't work out. I just, I ended up just asking for forgiveness because I felt so guilty, so ashamed. And, and I started crying, but then, you know, a brother came out of nowhere and he just started praying for me. And I was like, man, his prayer just seems real versus yeah. how I'm praying. And so yeah, at the end, and, and at the end, he eventually, you know, bear hugged me, told me he loved me, even though he said, you know, hey, I don't know you, brother, but just want you to know I love you and continue following Christ. And so after that, you know, we we talked about our experience there. You were all excited because you saw me go up to the altar and I everything. Know, I because it was your very first time there. You know, it was your first time into an apostolic Pentecostal church. And for me to see you go to the altar, I wasn't expecting that. But, you know, that's where I saw the hunger for God. God was already trying to get a hold of you. Yes. 
And and definitely as our relationship together started getting more serious, you know, we started hanging out a little bit more often than normal. I know we always kept Sunday sacred. You know, we ne- we didn't text each other on Sundays until you got out of church and I was just still living a normal, you know, comp- I was just living still the way I was. And so eventually it got to a point where, you know, you had saw me still staying in my sins. You know, you, you, you saw that I wasn't trying to chase God in a way. And that's what ended up. I remember you ended up not texting me, you know, for a little while. I think it was for about a week long. And then the next week you finally texted me and said, hey, you know, I, I need to know that you're serious about the Lord. Because with you, it, it was natural. For me, I, I didn't know because I was still in, I was still living in the world. Right. Versus trying to chase after God. And so, and, and to you, you were doing the right thing because you were trying to be obedient to the Lord. You were trying to make sure you weren't going to be with somebody that was going to influence you to go into a life of sin, you know, versus being influenced by someone that was going to lead you closer to God. Yeah. And so I remember that and I said, you know what, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this a lot more serious. And then that's when I got curious about your church at that time. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I can go to your church. And so I remember um, I, I asked you, you know, what, what times do they have and, and everything. And I came that one Sunday and, I, and, and, you, and you had told me the times and I showed up and, and you were happy and you were excited. And when I finally came... I mean, like I said, the atmosphere was just different. Everybody, you would look around you, everybody was worshiping a certain way. They, it seemed like they were really getting a hold of God. They were getting a touch from God. And then I was hearing people at that time. I didn't know what speaking in tongues was or anything like that. But people were just doing that. They were, they were just getting a, a touch from God. And, you know, people were running around the aisle, people were jumping, clapping, crying, just crying out to God. Yeah. And I felt just such a conviction because I was like, man, they look like they're on fire for God. And I'm over here claiming I know God, but I'm not doing any of this. So it, it brought like a whole reality check. I had to really examine myself now and was like, man something ain't right here yeah and of course you know the first thing that most people think when you when you go into an apostolic pentecostal church is these people are crazy (laughs) yeah but it was because we're crazy for the lord you know we're crazy for the things of the lord you know being obedient the the commandments that we follow everything because we're excited to do what god wants us to do being in his will and so um, continuing from there, I became more curious. Um, I remember I started coming a little bit more consistently than normal, and I ended up just feeling so much conviction. The conviction that I felt, the wrestling between, you know, the enemy trying to get me away from the truth, because it is true that the truth will set you free. Yes. And being continually coming to church, I was just... You know, people were praying for me when I didn't expect it. People were still saying hi to me when I wasn't even expecting that. And and definitely that's the biggest thing that I love about our church is that you can feel the love, you know, when you're new. You can feel the love from everybody versus when I went to other churches, it was very rare for someone to come say hi to me or something, you know. Versus when I came to the church that we're going to now, I mean, everyone would, would be excited to talk to you, would be interested in you, trying to get to know just the little things about you, yeah. um, but not trying to get too sidetracked, of course. Um, we love our church. Yes, Life UPC in Mount Pleasant, Texas. <laughs> and so I ended up just being so convicted by God. It was the truth trying to set me apart from the sin that I was living in. Because, yes, even though I was coming consistently to church, you know, I was still I was still sinning, you know. And 
eventually it got to a point where I was wrestling. I was like, man, because I was raised in a different doctrine. I was raised in, well, if you just believe uh, with all your heart that, that you would be saved, if you just believe, that's enough. And see, what's crazy is like, you know, if you search the scriptures, the Bible tells us that even Satan himself believes, yet he trembles, yet he fears God. Yes. And and the and the biggest thing about it is even though yes the Bible does tell us to believe, um there's more to why you believe. And so a lot of times people will search one scripture, read one scripture and they'll try to base their whole doctrine on that, but you just can't do that. You got to read everything with it to really fully understand what um the writer is wanting the reader to understand. And so I ended up feeling really bad because at the same time as I was continually coming to church, I really realized I was not saved. And I think that was the biggest thing that I was facing was I was in denial because this whole time I was thinking, man, I have the Holy Spirit. I wow. believe, you know, even though I'm sinning and my lifestyle doesn't reflect God, I'm, I still believe in God. I'm still saved. And I was just so in denial because I couldn't accept the fact that I'm still a sinner and I'm not saved. Man, what so, a revelation. And so I, I ended up believing and finally I started allowing the truth. I finally started allowing God to work on me. And that leaded me to being more curious about trying to get saved. And so that's where it really started feeling like I was climbing the mountain. I was climbing up. I was getting higher and higher. And it was getting harder and harder. Because the higher you got to that mountain, the steeper it got. The more rocks you had to face. And so... I got so curious about God and I was asking you questions and I was looking <laughs> up things and I had to stay on my toes with you. And and yes, and and we were praying for each other, you know. We started praying, you know, God, you know, we wanted confirmations before we had got married to make sure I was the one for you, you were the one for me. And I remember as I I grew curious, I was like, man, I want what everybody has right now because I was like, I want to touch from God. I want to, I want to be on fire for the Lord. I want to, I want to be able to receive the spirit. And so I was just on a chase to try to receive the Holy ghost. (laughs) And so I ended up, you know, praying, I was praying, praying, praying a lot, just asking God, Lord, just fill me with your spirit and everything. And I remember it got to a point where I got so frustrated with the Lord. I was like, God, why can't I receive your spirit? You know, I remember driving to the lake, to the parks, and you were just trying to figure out what was going on. You were like, hey, where are you at? And I'm like, I'm trying to receive the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it got to the point where I was like, well, you know what? Let me go to the home source. Drove to the short church parking lot, was in my old, was in my little truck and was trying to receive the spirit at the church parking lot. But then I finally started coming to the acceptance of, okay, something's missing. What am I missing? And what is God trying to show me why I can't receive the spirit yet? Now, of course, the Lord will have his way. That's the right. Lord will either give you his spirit before you start the next, before you do the things that are needed. And sometimes you got to do the things that, that, are, that are needed for salvation to, to receive the spirit. And so I thank God that it was that way. I thank God that he didn't give it to me right away because I wouldn't know what I know now and have that rooted foundation if it wasn't for that. And so I ended up finding out about repentance. You know, I ended up finding out about baptism, the meanings of it and everything. And and I remember, um, you know, going to some Bible studies and stuff like that. I know you tried to have some one-on-ones with me, trying to help me grow. And so eventually I learned what repentance was. And that's when I finally started saying, God, I repent of my sins. And that's when I started acknowledging my sin. I started acknowledging the sins that, that I was doing. And I was like, I got to stop because this is opposite of what God wants. I had to learn obedience 
to the Lord. Because obedience is such a key part uh, of following God, is being obedient unto him. And so I, I and so I became obedient. I repented of my sins and I decided I wanted to get baptized. Now, kind of like I said before, I did get baptized before, but in titles. I didn't understand the Jesus name and carrying on his name and the importance of it. In Ephesians 4 verse 5 where it's one Lord, one faith and one baptism. And so I learned about that. I talked to pastor and I was like, you know, hey, I, I want to get baptized. I've been baptized before. Can I still get baptized again? And that's when I told him I was baptized this way. I wasn't baptized the correct way. And he said, no, you can get baptized again, but this is the correct way. And so I know pastor helped me a lot. He gave me some pamphlets to understand um, baptism and repentance a lot more and and he just really helped me learn and un- completely understand what I was about to do. He agreed. We set a date for me to get baptized. You know, we were excited. We were waiting for that Sunday. That yes. Sunday came around, and I was just so excited for the Lord. I, I I repented completely again that same day, you know, and and I got baptized. And when I got baptized, you know, they made sure I knew why. I understood why. And that was the biggest thing, too, about our church is we we make sure you understand why it is important to repent, why it is important to get baptized, and why it's important to receive His Spirit. And I thank God that we continually stay on those foundations because it's always good for new people that come. But not trying to get sidetracked. Um, And so I got (laughs) baptized, and I received His Spirit. Um, I remember I was very, I'm very shy. So I, I spoke a little bit of utterance. It wasn't very loud, just a little bit, but I finally received his spirit and the feeling when I came out of that water, when I worshiped God, it was a feeling I've never felt before. I really felt like I laid a dead man in the grave. And so you know, from then on, I was excited. I was on fire, you know, and I remember, I think it was that same day or the next day, it was late in the afternoon, kind of towards the end of the night, around seven or eight, you know, we were hungry, we were going to Taco Bell, and this one song started playing, it was Oceans um, by Hillsong United, and, and, or by Hillsong, and Mm -hmm. it was, the ones where, you know, spirit lead me, take me to waters that, you know, I've never been for. I can't quote it exactly now, but I remember the song and I remember his God's presence just really falling heavy on me. Yes. And I felt something just getting ready to come out more, <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh, no, I don't know what's going to happen because I'm driving behind the wheel Lord, don't let us crash because I don't know what's going to happen. Right. But thank God we pulled into Taco Bell um, and we got behind two cars. And that's when I just started speaking in tongues. You know, I was I was being filled in the spirit and, and I was just being in his presence. And I remember you were thanking God and you were crying and, and we were just excited. Amazing. And then I think that's when you know we 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 got our fully confirmation that we were really meant for each other we got married um and then two months later the lord had had blessed us with a home but this is where i say as i get higher to that mountain this is where i really felt like i was really climbing over a boulder because of the fact that you know, being such a new convert, because I was, you know, I had finally gotten saved. I was finally in truth. I was in the correct doctrine. I was now going to church every, every Sunday, um, you know, and tried to go every Wednesday and everything. But then I hit a rock, you know, and, and this is why it's so important that we, as a new convert, that we, you protect your mind because the enemy came after me like a freight train and it, and it hit me out of, and I didn't even know how to take it. But I remember I went to a very, very close family member. I had told them, 
you know, the experience I had. And this wasn't nothing like a, I'm trying to convert you to what I just felt. This was just me being in the joy of the Lord. Yes. And I was just sharing that joy and the experience and everything that happened to me. And I was like, this is real. This isn't nothing fake. And, you know, he ended up just saying some very discouraging words and it ended up hitting home. It, it hurt me and, and I felt so discouraged. And he was just saying all these scriptures. And, and at that time, I didn't really, I mean, I knew scripture, but I didn't know it in the teachings and in the right doctrine that I do now. And so, you know, he was hitting me with all these scriptures and everything or why it's not true or this and that. And, and he was saying that I was just dunked in water, that nothing happened. And I was like, man, what? And then that's when I just started questioning everything. And I, that's when I really felt like the enemy came after me. Yeah. And so. And the enemy, he he attacked you soon. Like he was ready to shut you down before, um, before, you know, you continued pursuing God because of how God is using you now. Yes. And so. And it ended up getting bad. You know, we were married, we were in our home. You know, my our daughter accepted me as her father, so I accepted her fully as my daughter. And even being as a young dad, you know, with me having questioning everything now and, and facing this turmoil, this pain in my mind, just the battle in my mind that I faced every day, it created a gray area in our marriage and in our family because we couldn't talk about God because anytime we talked about God, we argued. Anytime you try to shed some truth, I shut it down completely. I didn't even let you try to speak. Um, and it, it was like, if I could explain it, it was like World War One. It was like trench warfare. I had my boundary, you had your boundary, and there was no man's land, which was the gray area. Anytime I would try to say something that was not in truth, you would shut it down immediately, praise God. And then every time you tried, you know, showing me actual truth and trying to bring me back into what I believed so wholeheartedly and received, I ended up just shutting it down. I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm questioning everything, you know. And so eventually it got so bad that I stopped listening to what the influence was telling me. I, I finally stopped listening to what everybody had to say because I was trying to chase the truth. I was trying to find out, is this really real or not? But I stopped. I had stopped. And I say I because I stopped trying to chase it. I asked God. I said, God, you show me. And I came to Christ. I went to God. You know, I went to him. And I told him, I said, Lord, you show me what, what what is truth. You show me what is real. And eventually I told God, I said, God, I'm going to read your New Testament because that's the new covenant. That's the new promise that that is for us. Um, and so I started reading the New Testament. And I, and I read it with my mind open. I didn't hold back. I was reading it with my mind open. I prayed God to give me understanding because, of course, he says not to lean on your own understanding. I stopped leaning on my own understanding, and I was leaning towards God. And so I was, as I was reading through the Gospels, I noticed the pattern. I noticed the pattern where he says, be baptized, but in my name. You know, I noticed the pattern where repentance, you know, and, and baptism played such a key part. Right. And then finally, when I noticed that pattern, God had given me the verse that, led me back to knowing that this is truth and that was luke chapter 24 verses 40 45 through 49 and i'm going to read it real quickly um if that's okay and then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them thus it is written and thus it is behoved christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. 
but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Amen. And the two biggest things that I caught was from verse 47 where it says, and that repentance and remissions of sins should be preached in his name. And it says among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And I was like, okay, now I'm really catching on to something because I repented of my sins. I got baptized for the remission of my sins. And then that's when I, I, I read, of course, Acts 2.38. And, you know, of course, um, where it says in verse 39, where it says, for the promise is for you. Um, and I'm going to read that real quickly, if that's okay as well. Um, I think of course, really reading scripture plays such a key important role. And so, and and I'm going to read 38 and 39 because they're just so important to how I found what the Lord gave me and that led me back to truth. And he said, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy ghost. And I was like, Lord, that happened. And, and then it says, for the promise is unto you. So immediately the Lord was like, go back to Luke now. And I went back to Luke and I, and it paired up together so well. And I was like, because it says at the end on verse 49, it says, and behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. And that was the promise. You have repentance and then you have remission of sins and his, being preached in his name, and then you have the promise. Yeah. And so it just, and it, and it happened just like with Acts, you know, where, you know, you had, where Peter was talking about, um, you know, re- repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the Holy Ghost. And, and then for that promise, um, hold on, I'm trying to pull that back up again. Praise God. And where he says, you know, and for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And that was the promise. And that's when I finally realized a promise doesn't end. A promise, you know, God will never turn back, you know, he'll never turn away from his word because he says that the Lord cannot lie. And so I realized that when it said that this promise is for you and to your children and to all, and that word all is, is all, everyone. This is a promise that is waiting for you to receive. And so when I finally understood that and I kept reading the Bible and I understood the story and everything, you know, the four gospels that talked about Jesus and his ministry and then leading into Acts, which was the birth of the church and and the base of salvation were how it says how you must be saved. Right. And so that's what ended up finally fully convicting me of my mind. And I remember you were telling me, watch David Bernard, watch David Bernard and And I started watching some of his podcast videos and how he shined a light to a lot of questions that I that I had. And I was like, man, I wish I would have saw this sooner as a new convert. And so as I as I started digging, I started digging and digging and digging when I found the truth, when God gave me the truth, I bought it. And after that, I'm not selling it. So I I bought the truth. I got the truth. And I was like, nothing's going to turn me away now no matter who it is, what it is. And I thank God, you know, for Sister Tanya, you know, for teaching in the Sunday school class and, and for talking to me and was telling me, you know, don't ever let nobody take the experience you had away from you. And and that really I keep deep to me because of, you know, that experience that I felt when I came out of the water, when I received his spirit. Um, and so from then on, I have built my foundation on truth. I've built my foundation on Jesus. And and the biggest thing that was just so amazing was that God, there was that verse where he says he leaves the 99 to get the one. 
And when I fell away, I felt like Jesus left the 99 to come get me the one. And it was just so, and it, and it hit me so hard. And, and that's when I finally started coming to church more. I came back to church full time. And, and that's whenever, um, uh, it, it led to now. I know you said you were, you were backslid really, you were struggling going back and forth with truth. So what is the difference now? What made it different this time around in your journey? And that was a great question. Um, really the second time, what made the huge, the biggest impact to me was that this time I was rooted in truth and you know when I watched when I watched one of David Bernard's video he was talking about that if you backslid that doesn't automatically mean you're away from the Lord now it doesn't automatically mean that now you're cast away or you're set aside and, and you're you can't no longer come to him no nothing can separate you from the love of God and so he was talking about you know renewing your spirit and that's what I was searching for this time, you know, I remember going to the altar many times, praying to the Lord, God, just renew my spirit. God, I'm sorry. God, forgive me that I've backslid, that I wasn't fully believing in the experience that you gave me. Yes. Yeah, and and so I remember it was a Sunday. I was at the altar for such a long time. I was really seeking God. And I had brothers pray for me, and, and then I went back to the altar, and, and as... It, as church ended up coming to a closing, you know, I remember just getting up and I said, okay, I'm just going to keep chasing God. I'm going to keep chasing God. I'm going to keep seeking this. And I remember pastor, he asked me, you know, he was like, you know, do you feel good? I remember and, that. And I was like, uh, I remember I was, I'm very shy. So I remember just saying, yes, you know, giving a thumbs up. I don't know why I always give thumbs up, but I gave him a thumbs up. And then that's whenever I think you had spoke a little higher. Um, and what he was really asking you was, hey, did you get renewed in the Holy Ghost? So I, I spoke up for you. I'm like, no, he didn't, Pastor. He needs a renewal. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, so that's ended up what happening. Um, you know, I ended up going back over there. He uh, anointed me with oil and, you know, and all the brothers came around me with him and they started praying for me again. And I, and I seek God and I just said, God, just please renew me. I'm sorry. And, and I told the Lord, I, I repent. Um, I, I found your truth. Please renew me. And not even later, it didn't even take much longer. I started speaking in tongues again. I, I, I got that renewing again. I felt so renewed. I felt so relieved. I felt the joy of the Lord come back on me. And and that's what made such a different impact was that I continued to seek him again. I continued to seek after his spirit, after that renewal. And I, and I didn't give up. And, and I thank God for that. And that's what I think was different this time was I got so rooted in truth that I wasn't going to let nobody anymore try to dismay me or try to dislead me from what I've experienced and how I have encountered God. And so that's what definitely that second time I was sold out. Amen. I'm like, I'm not letting nobody tell me anything different anymore. And so I've learned now, you know, because sometimes you will hear, you will have some people especially at my job, I've had some people try to tell me things and I've just learned to let some things just leave, come in through one ear and leave out the other. And I'm like, God, your word says different. And That's I'm going right. to, I'm going to lean on your word. Amen. And the word of God is true. In John eight thirty six, it says, he that the son sets free is free indeed. Praise the Lord. I know you mentioned that you were bound by some addictions, that you had pet sins that you had to lay down. What has God delivered you from that completely transformed your life? That's a great question. Um, and, I'm, and I feel comfortable enough to finally say what God really delivered me from. 
the biggest thing that I faced and that I battled for so long. Um, And I say this because I want somebody that listens to this podcast, that listens to this, I want them to know that they're not alone. And I really want this to glorify God and for this to help somebody. And the biggest addiction that I had for about four and a half years was I was addicted to adult entertainment. Um, I was addicted to that. And, and it's very hard for someone to say that because you feel so ashamed when you say it. And when you feel like people know you did it, you know, it, it, I was addicted like that for four and a half years, especially during high school. And there were times where I'd get off the bus so paranoid, so scared because I was like, do they know that I do this? Wow. Do they know that I'm doing this when I go home or, or things like that? And, and I just felt so ashamed. And, and that's why if anybody's struggling with that, if anybody that is feeling like they can't overcome this, it's definitely the only way you're going to overcome it is through God. Amen. And, and definitely, yes, I was addicted to it strong for four and a half years. And then that's when it kind of stopped um, after the the marriage split up. And then once I started meeting with you, it definitely stopped. It, it took a pause. But there were times where I would slip and I would watch it. And, um, and then that's when we finally got married and everything. And that's when it really stopped. But because that was the sin that God wanted me to put down. He wanted me to lay down. And, and that's where I say that obedience part is so important. It's so important that we are obedient to the Lord because, you know, being obedient to him gets us closer to him, gets us closer to the things that that pleases him. Right. And so I had to lay that down. I had to repent from that. And when I repented and when I finally gave all that up, I said, God, I don't want that. I don't want to chase that no more because it was a stronghold because I was I was doing this for four and a half years. There were times where I would watch it like five, six, seven times a day. It got so bad to where my mind was just such in bondage and such in pain. And there were times where and that's where I say that repentance and baptism understanding those things are play such a key role because I believed at that time that of course once saved always saved Mm -hmm. I believe that you know what I believe it's okay I'm sinning I know that God loves me still but you know even Paul said now that we are out of sin should we abuse his grace God forbid and so at that time, I believe that, you know what, once saved, always saved. My lifestyle wasn't adding up, but that's, those were some of the biggest things that I was doing. I remember shortly after doing it, and then immediately I got on my knees and I got beside my bed in my room, and I prayed to the Lord. I said, God, God, forgive me. God, forgive me, you know, and I would profess, and I would profess, and I would confess, and but there was no repentance. Right, right. There was no turning away from it. And eventually the next day did it right there again. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Understanding repentance is such a powerful thing because of the fact that when you repent, when you finally say no to whatever you're struggling with, when you finally say no, that has such power because you're telling the Lord, God, I'm not doing this no more because I want to follow you. I'm not doing this no more because I'm going to believe in you. Right. And and that's where that laying down those things plays such a, uh, an important part to that. Because, of course, the Bible talks about that this sin is, is affects your body like no other sin. Um, and definitely being addicted to something like that for so long... I definitely feel like it affects your mind. When it says that it affects your body, I believe that it affects your mind. Yeah. Because my thinking was not correct. You know, the things that I thought of were not good. They were not pure. 
And that's where I felt the most bondage at was in my mind. And for anybody that listens to this and is struggling with that, I want you to know that you're not alone, you know, and that you can overcome this through Jesus Christ. But definitely understand the first part that comes to this. And I'm going to read a verse just real quickly, if that's okay. Of course. And and it is... Um, where did it go? I had saved it down here. Give me one second. Um, and it was, it was first Corinthians six, 18 through 20. And let me pull that up real quick. That's fine. And it it talks about where Paul says, you know, flee fornication, flee it. Every sin that man, that a man doeth is, is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. But the most important thing to take away from this is flee. You got to flee from it. Um, and, and definitely now, of course, I understand that he was saying flee fornication and then he was talking about, you know, that sin is you're sinning against your own body. But he goes on to say a very important thing. And then he says, what? With a question mark. And he says, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, um, which is in you. And, and that's something that you have to, for someone that's struggling with that, you have to understand that this body is not your body. You know, it is a temple of the Lord. And, and although, yes, you may be struggling with it, you got to run from it. You got to flee from it. And, 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 and that is the most important thing because definitely don't feel alone because even somebody, a great leader in the Bible fell to this, um, King David, you know, a man, a man after God's own heart being so obedient to the Lord, just, just you know, following Jesus, chasing his own heart, but yet fell to a sin just like this, just goes to show that we're, we're, we can make mistakes. But it goes to show as well that, just take for example, that even someone like him that fell to this sin, don't take a shame to it. Um, even though it is shameful to admit sometimes, and it is a, a very sensitive subject, at least it is very sensitive to me, I definitely want to tell whoever listens to this that there is hope, and that hope is in Jesus Christ. You know, when it says flee, flee to Jesus. You got to flee to him. But the most important thing is is you got to say no to it. You got to be willing to say, God, I'm going to say no. And then this is where this next step plays such an important part as well is, is you got to, you got to create a battle plan. You got to equip yourself to, to, to stay away from this and flee from it because the enemy will try to tempt you. The enemy will try to, will try to say lies and deceive you and things like that. And that's why it's so important that you don't even try to fight it because it's not your fight. You know, you got to take this up with the Lord and the Lord will fight for you. Right. Amen. And and so when you repent, of course, repentance means turn away, turn away from your sins. Repent from that sin. Turn away from it. Get get it out of your life and, and get rid of it. But create that battle plan. You know, now that it's so accessible on computers, phones, um, definitely Put safety features on there. Find somebody that you trust so close to you, even if it's your pastor. And if you're not in church or, or you're starting to go to church or you have a friend that you trust so well, you know, have them put a password on your phone to where if, if it takes you to a site or something that could lead you or could tempt you to something like that, it's going to stop it. And so I thank God that I was able to open up to you, um, to you about this when we were married and, and what I struggled with. And, and I thank God that you were understanding and that you weren't disgusted and, 
And I thank God that you as my wife, you, you helped me, you know, you said, you know what, it's okay. Because we've all made mistakes. We've all fallen short from the glory of God. But I thank God that you still helped create that battle plan with me. And so definitely, I would say find somebody you trust. Start putting some preventive preventative actions to prevent from any sites, any ads, anything that could lure you back to falling short. Um, and then um, through that battle plan, of course, take time away from your phone. Take time away from your computer. You know, set restrictive times to yourself to make time for God. Get more involved in his word. His word is so, it, it speaks to you. It, the Bible says that it's like a, a sword, a double-edged sword. And it's so true because as you continue reading more in, in his word, you will start to see that you're not going to want to be doing this anymore. You're going to want to start doing the things of, of his word yes. because it goes back to being influenced and, and being influenced by his word is the best influence you could ever have. Amen. And so definitely that's what I would recommend. Create a battle plan, put some preventative action, talk to somebody, uh, talk to somebody you feel comfortable with because now you have somebody that's also going to fight with you. That, that's, that's not going to let you feel like you're being judged. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that says James 5:16 where he says confess your faults one to another. You know, pray one for another that ye may be healed. Now, of course, I'm not saying go tell the whole world, but find somebody you trust and they're going to work with you. They're they're going to help you. And I thank God that you helped me and that and that now that I have repented and I fully have have converted and, and I thank God that he has set me free from that bondage, especially that bondage in my mind to where now I can have pure thoughts. Now I can think the way I should think and now I can dwell on godly thoughts and I can dwell on God and and I thank God that he has really delivered me from that. My last strong piece that I would say to the battle plan is, is train yourself, train your eyes to look away when you see things that aren't modest, you know, and definitely train yourself on your thoughts. Try to dwell a lot more on godly thoughts and, and try to dwell your mind on thoughts of God. And, and that will help a lot because when you read your Bible and everything, that's going to help transform transfer a lot to your mind and then the next key important thing with that is kind of like I said training yourself do it when you find those verses try to implement it in an everyday walk with God because James 122 says but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only so take the Bible verses and put that into your training plan so you can start learning to walk away and walk with God that's so good. Well, thank you so much for sharing that amazing journey. Um, I hope that this is an encouragement for somebody. Um, I know that every time I even I think about, you know, your testimony and the things that God has brought you out of, I rejoice all over again because it's truly a miracle. Yes, it. And so it, it was a miracle to receive his spirit and, and definitely get the opportunity that I've had. And, you know, I also just wanted to talk about one last thing with uh, the part of being obedient was being obedient to the gospel. You know, even when Amen. I was growing up, I did know the gospel, but I didn't know it like I know now. Because, of course, you know, you believe his death, burial, and his resurrection and everything. And, and that's what you would believe to say, hey, I'm, I'm saved. But there's a verse in Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8, where it says, Inflaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel Mercy. of our Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so... I, and that was one awesome thing that I had to learn was how to obey the gospel. How do you obey his death? How do you obey his burial? And how do you obey the resurrection? And 
I learned that to obey his death, you have to repent. You have to die out to those sins to obey his burial, baptism, being submerged in water, coming out in the name of Jesus. And then um, uh, walking in his resurrection is, is walking in new life, receiving his Holy Ghost, receiving the promise that he has been wanting you to receive this whole time. Amen. And, and that's so that's what's so great about obedience. So if that's the last thing I just wanted to say to anybody who's listening, learn to start to obey God. Wow. What an amazing testimony. Thank you so much for um, opening up and really being transparent with the things that God has delivered you from. I know sometimes that subject could be overlooked or, you know, it could even be shameful to some people. Yeah, it's shameful for the flesh, but it brings glory to God because that is where God is glorified. And I'm just, I'm so happy that you came on the show. Um, your journey to truth was a real journey. And like I said before, I've just, I'm so honored that I got to witness that first see it was not a fun experience. You know, there was times where, um, you know, I kind of, I kind of, um, got weary. I kind of got weary, but God's perfect timing and the enemy did try to shut you down quick because of the glory that it was going to bring out of the test comes a testimony and we will see you again. I'm looking forward to part two, the calling. Well, definitely. Thank you again for having me. Um, definitely. It was, I really feel like this is going to help somebody. And like I said, I mean, I'm happy that we're doing this for the glory of God, not anything for boasting of us, but this is all for the Lord. And I really hope that this does help somebody. And I am excited to be the, a guest again for part two. So thank you again for having me and, and thank you for your time.